It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for Baroness Lady Monet. Michelle, welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. You've got uh, more titles than what I'm used to, so thank you for being so gracious. Oh, yeah, I've got another few in the drawer as well, but you don't need to use them. <laughs> well, you can just run with Laban today uh, from my end just to make things nice and easy. And, Michelle, I just firstly just wanted to extend a massive thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and be a guest on the Become Your Own Superhero show. Uh, you are not the only inspiring Glaswegian in my life. Uh, oh, <laughs> I have my wonderful mentor, uh, Carolyn Stenhouse, who's uh, from your neck of the woods and actually met you at a female business breakfast many years ago. She said she wouldn't expect you to remember, but... Sorry, I don't remember, but... No, you know, no. Your face, I might remember her. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a fond meeting from her, her point of view. So, um, yeah, you should be very proud. The Glaswegians, give them the shout out. Yeah, thank you. Well, we are the best. <laughs> Michelle, I would love for you to share your favourite story of any part of your life that you would like to share with our audience today. I've gone through an extensive background of you and there's there's not enough to fit into the time we have allocated today, so I'd love for you to share your favourite one with us today, if it's okay. Okay, well, you know, I started my business from my bedroom, and that was in 1996, and it took me three years to invent Ultimo. And, um, you know, I since sold Ultimo five years ago, and I've got many other businesses now, and uh, my government work keeps me busy as well. But... Um, Right back then, I only had like £500 left to launch the bra. And um, I thought, how am I going to do that in one of the most prestigious department store groups in the country? That was Selfridges. Um, and I, I knew that £500 would probably cost me, I would get about that in the local paper um, of an advert. So I had to be really creative and think outside the box. So I decided to hire 12 actors and I dressed them all up as plastic surgeons and I had them outside Selfridges saying, ban the Ultimo bra, don't go in there and buy it, it will put us out of a job. And that basically created, in a nutshell, £45 million of press because all the photographers came down from all the newspapers and Sky News, everyone, what's going on? Why is Oxford Street blocked because of these surgeons? And um, so it's my guerrilla kind of style marketing. So 
I think that if you only have a small amount of cash to launch your brand or your business, then you really just need to be creative and you need to go for it because, you know, I had nothing to lose really. So that, I just thought £500, it's worth a punt and it worked. Do you think that triggered your love of using the media to promote all of your, your beautiful brands over the years for free effectively? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had an amazing relationship with the press over the years. I mean, sometimes they absolutely love me. Sometimes they hate me. You know, we just have that love-hate relationship. But, you know, I have given so much to the press around the world of some of our most amazing women. And I just, I didn't just have Ultima. I had eight other lingerie brands from the supermarkets all the way up to Harrods and from the normal department stores as well. Um, but, you, you know, you just got to take it as it comes. Um, you can't expect to have a good time all the time. But if I think they're really being unfair and I think that they're being dishonest or whatever, then, you know, I will take action. But fortunately, I've got a very good relationship with them all and um, that's not happened. So touch wood, we keep going and being friends. <laughs> well, it's obviously a testament to your character and I think you seem to have become near and endeared in the UK. And I, I read your book in 24 hours. It didn't take me 24 oh. hours, but I read it very quickly and I, and I couldn't put it down. And, okay. and there was a lot of talk about the media and uh, you know, a lot of those experiences. But I, the thing that struck me about the book is that ex-husband of yours, Michael, I think his name was, yeah. I, I, I developed a real loathing for the man throughout the course of oh. the book. Okay. And, and I think it was just because it was so beautifully written, but, and you divorced, I think five years ago now. Um, I divorced in 2012. So eight so years, eight ago, years now. ago. Wow. Okay. And, um, Doug and I were getting married on 2nd of May, but unfortunately our wedding has to be postponed because of lockdown. Yeah. Um, and we should be getting married in the next number of months when we've got a few dates in mind that we've held the hotel and the church, uh, the House of Lords and the band and everything. So hopefully that will all come soon. But um, yeah, my ex is in the past and I'd prefer not to speak about him. Yeah, okay, um, sure. And um, he is the father of my children and um, I don't discuss him going forward. It's in the book. That's it. It's done. And um, I wish him all the best with his new wife. And um, I'm sure he wishes me all the best as well. But we haven't spoken since, yeah, the day it all happened, which is a very, very long time ago now. Yeah, look, it's just it's a topic that's close, close to my heart, Michelle, because I'm a child of divorce. And it happened when I was really young and it had uh, quite a profound impact on me. Uh, and was largely part of my own transformation over the last five years where I had to really understand that a lot of the, the negative uh, behaviours that I was exhibiting were related to coping mechanisms that I'd developed. Mm -hmm. And look, it's so commonplace and it's, it's just a brutal, brutal thing. But I think one of the things that I love sharing about my story is all of those challenges so that parents that are raising their own children can be more conscious of their behavior and it's not a deliberate thing that parents do, you know, it's just a byproduct sometimes if they are in a dysfunctional relationship. And I'm so pleased to see you and 
Mr. Barrowman, is it Doug Barrowman? Yeah. Uh, Doug. Yeah, you, you look really happy in the photos I've seen, and he sounds like a ripping bloke. And look, the wedding will be delayed for, uh, there'll be a specific reason. Everything happens for a reason, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I wish you all the best with that. And you've got three beautiful children, which are all doing their own different thing in the world of media or finance or cryptocurrency, or whatever it might be. Does that sound about right? Um, well, Rebecca is actually a very powerful successful businesswoman she's only 26 she's, she's way more successful than I was at her age which is amazing and um, Declan he's involved in real estate and Bethany the young, the young one um, she's developing her own products as well so they're all kind of like entrepreneurs which is amazing um, so hopefully I've rubbed off on them a little bit but with my OCD um, that hasn't really rubbed off on them either not that I'm I know there's people out there that have got serious OCD and, and I real, really feel for these people, but my OCD is in terms of organisation and keeping everything tidy or I can't perform in business. But when I go into their homes, it just seems like they're just in a mess. Everything's a mess. So um, I need to keep teaching them about that organisation skills. Well, you've been very public, and this, one of the things I really love about you, Michelle, is that you are so um, brutally honest about all of your oh, failings is the wrong word, it's the, the challenges that you've gone through and how you've overcome them all, which is, is something that really connected with me because I love sharing all of my, my stories as well because, you know, like I'm not a robot, I'm a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you spoke about uh, after going through the divorce side of things was that there was a quote about when you're able to accept responsibility for everything that then finally you can let all of that anger and that hate go. And that's something that really, really connected with me. And I love that you shared that because I think the sooner people can understand that if they are able just to own all of their own experiences and own all of the things that happened to them, then they have control and, and they take away the power from other people around them. Is that something that you're still really passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the first kind of few years, I was just angry and I was lost and everything else. But, you know, I just got myself sorted inside first and foremost, and I got my happiness sorted. And when you get your happiness sorted and when you get in the zone, it's just an incredible place. And fitness for me, is a massive thing. So I've lost about eight stone, one pounds now. Um, I, in lockdown, I've been working about working out about three times a day. So I've been doing a boot camp outside in the grounds of the house. I've been going into the gym, but you don't need money to do this. You, you can do it outside just with skipping ropes and a mat, a mat and a ball. And um, walking is for free as well. I, I walk about 90 minutes every day just because I'm not on a plane like most days at the moment. But I do believe that once you get your happiness sorted out, everything clicks into place. And um, my fitness keeps me mentally kind of positive, positive mental attitude. And without my fitness, I could suddenly become quite low. So I never, ever want to go back and, you know, see that Michelle again, that old Michelle. She's history. but I really do know that it could happen any time. I could go back there and it could be really, really fast going back there. But that would be a disaster 
And that's never going to happen. So fitness for me, healthy mind, healthy body, healthy business. And I've started to work with a lot of my experts that have been paying to educate me, um, be it my fitness guy, my formula guy that makes all the healthy formulas for me, and my nutritionist. And everyone's been saying, please share your secrets. How do you treat your body like a business? And maybe one day I might launch something like a book or something, but at the moment I have got no time. But I might bring all of my experts together, my formula guy that makes everything for me and, you know, the fitness and, and the nutritionist. And I might, you know, do something about it to educate people more of how I've, I've done it. Well, and like it just be another feather to your very large cap because you're a, a wonderful professional public speaker and I've watched a lot of your stuff online. And, and one of the things that cracked me up about you, Michelle, was uh, you've spewed on Mikhail Gorbachev's feet. That was that an true? accident. That was an accident. Yeah, he, he was speaking before me and he came off the stage and I was on after him. And, um, you know, there was like 15,000 people in the audience. And um, I got really, really nervous and I started a coughing fit. And, yeah, I think he, he got a few splashes, on <laughs> which I was sorry about. Yeah. But... Um, I love my speaking and, you know, I do it all around the world and, and I love touring. You know, some of the biggest speeches have been for the Abu Dhabi Royal Family, launching Women Enterprise in Oman, um, doing some of the biggest events in the UK, of course. And I just love it. And I love staying behind for hours after I've come off stage and speaking to people as well and trying to help out as many people as possible. because. You know, they've taken the time and the effort to go along to the conference, which is really incredible. You know, it's good that they come to listen to you because I just have a story. Everyone else has a story. And um, my story's, you know, no better than anyone else's. Yeah, and I think that's a really key point that, and because I'm a speaker as well, Michelle, and I, and right. I, I love getting that reaction from, from people and people coming up to you afterwards and saying how much of an impact it had on them. But I think what people don't realise that aren't involved in speaking is that it takes a lot of practice and rehearsal to get to a point where you can deliver a story from 10 out of 10 here to a 10 out of 10 in their brain as well. Is that something yeah. you've been working hard at over the last however long you've been speaking, 20 years? Yeah, I've been speaking for 20 years. So what I did probably about maybe nine, ten years ago, I threw away all my, you know, call cards. I just threw them all away. And um, I used to stand behind a podium because I was so nervous. I threw them away and I started, I threw the podium away and I just started to walk around and engage with people because before I would never engage with someone. And then I don't know what's going to happen on stage because I don't really have a format. I just look at people and I tell my story and every single time it's so different. You know, so if I see someone they're really interested in, in hearing more about patents and design registrations and technical and, and design, I'll focus more on that for a little bit. If I see that there's people out there that, you know, are partners with their family, uh, their husband or their sister, and they're getting quite emotion emotional, I then touch on 
that for a bit longer. But I can go from, you know, building a brand Bible um, to building a team, building a brand around the world, getting into department stores, online, Twitter, social media. You know, I can build everything because that's what it takes to build a brand into that speech. So every single speech is never the same. And that's because I just completely do it from the heart. And I forget about notes and I forget about the podium. Which is interesting for someone with OCD. Sorry, the lectern, not a podium. <laughs> a lectern. So, we, we, get, we know what you mean. What do you yeah. think, Michelle, is the most rewarding feedback from any talk you've ever given in your career? Um, I just think the amount of people that want to speak to me and you can see the audience and they are laughing their heads off because actually there's quite a lot of funny moments there that even I think, how the hell did that happen in my life? And then there's very, very sad, deep, you know, depressing moments. And I share all that as well. So, you know, you just see people like crying their eyes out because they, they, you can are touching with something that, that they feel um, that they can relate to. Um, and then, you know, that just um, watching everyone and them getting so much out of it and people saying, thank you, that's just what I needed. I, you've really put me in the right zone now and I know what I'm going to do with my business going forward or I know what I'm going to do with my relationship going forward. Because sometimes being an entrepreneur is, well, it is, it's the loneliest job ever and you can't see the wood from the trees. So it's nice to hear that actually everyone else is human and everyone else goes through these emotions. And as I always say, it's like Rafiki and the Lion King. It's the circle of life. We're all supposed to feel, you know, the happiest moments in our life and the saddest moments in our life. And it makes us human beings, I suppose. You made me smile when I, I saw an interview and you referenced Rafiki uh, from the Lion King, I'm nearly halfway through writing my very first book, Michelle, and I referenced um, my mother pulling money out of an envelope, like uh, Rafiki revealing uh, some <laughs> the Lion King. So, a great reference, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I love I love the Lion King. I used to watch it all the time with my kids. Have you got a, a favorite song or movie that you associate with a really amazing moment in your life? Yeah, I do. And um, it's actually when I met Doug, um, I invested in a tech company because I'm an investor as well. So I'm a designer, an inventor, a speaker, um, a baroness. Um, what else? Um, we're involved in real estate, fashion, everything, right? Mum. Um, <laughs> Mum, everything, yeah. wife. Soon to be wife. And, uh, so when we met, we just invested in a tech company together. And my life was just horrible at that stage, Mike, in a personal life. And we became really good friends. And there's a song that, you know, my, my friends used to always say, Michelle, you've, your whole world in front of you, just smile and you'll be fine. And I was like, oh, but I can't smile because of this and because of that. And my mum used to say, look, Michelle, you've got absolutely nothing to worry about. There's families around the world that can't put food on their table for their kids uh, for their family there's families that have kids dying of leukemia you have got no issues whatsoever so just get yourself together 
and shut up, basically. <laughs> uh, so there's a song that reminds me of what everyone used to tell me around the world. And you used to say, Michelle, a new day will come one day and you'll be the happiest ever again. And um, that's Celine Dion, A New Day Has Come. And the words, you would think that it's been written for me. I know that everyone out there think that a song's been written for them, but that is the song that I think has been written for me. It's a beautiful song. I'll even admit I'm a bit of a Celine Dion sucker on occasion. I won't hold it against you. And I I think that might be our first dance as well, Um, A New Day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that, one of the uh, the other amazing bands to come out of well, one of the bands to come out of Scotland, the Proclaimers. Uh, oh my, yeah. My mentor lady Caroline had a laugh with her a couple of years ago when I ex- explained that when they toured uh, in New Zealand and Australia, they changed the lyrics to eight hundred kilometres <laughs> to allow for the oh, metric yes. system. <laughs> she, yeah, that's one of her songs. Yeah. <laughs> so. 800 you should get them um, sing the song again and use instead of 500 miles. <laughs> well, I wouldn't walk 800 kilometers and I wouldn't walk. It doesn't sound quite right, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It doesn't have the same ring to it. 500 miles is better. You've had uh, an opportunity to meet some of the most extraordinary individuals on the planet. Who are some of your favorites? Oh, um, well, you know, for me, they don't have to be you know, famous or powerful, you know, I've met some incredible people. I sat on the board for the Prince's Trust for 12 years of my life. And actually, Doug and I now have a foundation called the Barrowman Foundation. And we've just, you know, built a centre for the Prince's Trust in Manchester. Awesome. And we're building schools in Africa for ActionAid. So it doesn't have to be, you know, someone famous because I've met some incredible uh, people who have been, you know, drug abuse and everything and really their life has fallen apart. And now, you know, they've got a catering company and they're in my house feeding all my guests. So I think stories like that and people like that are amazing. But if you had to ask me, famous, most famous person who's been brilliant, um, I think, yeah, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, he was amazing because I always looked up to him. Um, and Oh, I can't remember now. Loads and loads and loads of people, but yeah, it I'd say that, it. and probably the Queen. You know, she has got oh, to yeah. be probably the most inspirational woman ever. You know, she's ninety, ninety-three now, I think, or ninety-four, and she still works every single day. She was on a horse the other day. She just knows how to do it, and she is an unbelievable woman. You know, so, yeah, I would say the Queen. Well, it's uh, some amazing people. And the, we're going back to the Bill Clinton side of things. We had a guest on the show the other day called Wintley Phipps, who's a huge gospel singer. I don't know if you've heard his name before. He's, oh, yes. Uh, Wintley, oh. yeah. So he, uh, he was the guy that inspired Oprah to become Oprah, apparently. And she attributes uh-huh. that to him. But he became friends with Bill Clinton when he was governor of Arkansas. And... Uh-huh. And then as their friendship sort of developed, when the Lewinsky scandal happened, Wintley is a devoutly religious Seventh-day Adventist man and felt compelled to send Psalm 69 to Bill Clinton. And from all accounts, Bill got a case of the guilt because of the Bible verse and then decided to come clean with the whole 
Monica Lewinsky. Isn't that an amazing story? I'm going to this thing. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a beautiful link there. I, um, we also had on some, uh, some Australian cricketers uh, recently, and I know that there might have been a time in your life when you had some dealings here and there with the odd Australian retired cr- cricketer, um, with the incomparable Shane Warne, who's a, a, a hero over here to the nation and notorious bad boy, um, which, is in, which is in your book. And if you don't want to talk about it, I totally understand. But I found it hilarious, hilarious. Yeah. Are you able well, to share okay, something? No, you've read it in the book and that's all I have to say. All right. You've got to read the book. It, uh, my, fight, my Fight to the Top is the book. You've got to, you've got to get it. It's, Thank it's you. Hilarious. He's a lovely guy and he's cool. Um, but um, there's things that, yeah, I just want to focus on the future and my happiness and um, everything that's going on in my life at the moment. Uh, which is is just phenomenal. You know, in lockdown, I've come out with so many more invention ideas. And I thought that when I sold Ultimo five years ago, I would then, you know, you have a number in your head that you think I'm just going to stop after that number. Um, I thought I would. But then this happened and that happened and it just seems to be getting more and more and more. But it's because I enjoy it so much. Um, And... You know, if I didn't enjoy it and it felt like work, then, yeah, I wouldn't be doing it. You've got to enjoy what you do, and then you feel as if you're not working. Um, and I'm so passionate in the morning. I get out my bed, you know, and I'm just full of ideas. And I think that what kick-starts me in the morning is going and working out for an hour, be it outside, walking, in the gym, uh, because then, you know, it, it actually gets you going for the day. And you feel positive about yourself. And, um, you know, treating my body like a business is just the best way because I treat my businesses with respect um, and care. And now I treat myself with respect and care. Um, so it's been, it's been really good in lockdown, apart from not seeing the kids and my mum and dad and my friends. Um, it's been lovely having the peace you know, not to be in the air all the time, traveling. Oh, well, I've, uh, I've said quite publicly as well that COVID-19 was the single greatest thing that happened to me and to kickstart the, the thing that I absolutely adore. And it took me 39 years to figure out what I was truly, truly passionate about, Michelle. And, yeah. and I, I can't tell you that, that fulfillment that it, you've probably been experiencing for quite a long, a long time now doing what you love is what I'm just recently experiencing. And it's a really, really wonderful feeling. And I feel incredibly blessed to even stumbled across it. Uh-huh. So, you know, and I, reading your story and watching you do your thing on stage is, it just seemed to resonate with me so much more than, you know, and I've read, probably close to 175 books in the last 12 months and, you know, in all sorts of areas because I'm very big into my fitness and my nutrition as well. But I, the thing that really struck me is you're, you're the ultimate rags to riches story. And for those that don't know a lot about Michelle, I employ get to know this woman through her, her material. It's so inspiring and it's, it's just, it's evident that anyone can do it with, Nothing. You didn't even leave school with any qualifications or anything, did you? That's true. I mean, I left school at 15. I grew up in 
quite a deprived area, but the people there were amazing. And, um, you know, I was just wanting to be a really successful businesswoman. And I set my sights high, wanting to be, you know, success from Glasgow. And then I moved it on to Scotland and then I moved it on to the UK and then it kind of went round the world. And I just think that it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter really um, what education you, you manage to achieve. Of course, it would be great for all of our kids to achieve the best. But if they don't achieve it um, and you don't have any money and you've, you're not born with a silver spoon in your mouth, then if I can do it, then anyone can do it. All you need is sheer determination, a can-do attitude, and I never, ever take no for an answer. No way. If I want something, I'll work hard for it. And it, it sometimes it's hell, you know, going through getting that deal because um, I put everything into it. But I never, ever get second place, ever. Always first place. And I think if you have determination like that, and I really look up to a lot of sportsmen who have the same, because I think an entrepreneur and a sports person, you go out there to win, and, and we're the same. Who are your main inspirations from a sporting point of view that we might know? Um, well, there's a boxer. I've been watching his um, like reality TV show, and it's is he called The Gypsy King? Um, oh. And... I had the great pleasure of speaking with Colin McGregor. I mean, what a laugh he is. He's a boxer. Uh, two boxers. So this guy, Gypsy King, and the oh, other guy. Tyson guys. Fury? Is it Tyson Fury? Yes, Tyson Fury, yes. Uh, and um, just I, I relate to a lot that they do in terms of fitness and getting your mind and getting it in the zone. And otherwise, they can't perform if they don't do their fitness. I'm the same. Um, so they might, might go into the ring and box, but, you know, I sit at a desk and, and work. It's the same thing. I'm going into the ring to, to box in a nice way, with a smile. Um, so when I was speaking with Colin McGregor and Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, sorry, a few years ago, um, he was just phenomenal, that guy. And look at what he achieved. He had nothing, Colin McGregor. And he gave up his job that he was earning you know, not a lot of money. Yeah. And he said, I am going to be the best in the world. And he is. And it's his attitude and he's just, he's got so much charisma. And, um, you know, you really know when he's walked in the room and not a lot of people have that. And so, and but he's worked bloody hard to get to where he is today. So I look up to the two of them. But there's many, many sportsmen. Um, one of my kind of really good friends, his wife is my bridesmaid, is Sir Anthony McCoy, who's a jump jockey. And, um, you know, he's fallen off his horse so many times, broken so many bones, but still gets back up and goes on that horse because he's determined to win. Um, and I suppose we're all the same. Entrepreneurs are exactly the same. I, I had a moment about a year and a half ago, Michelle, where I... Um, I started running a lot from from nothing really, and completed my very first 100 kilometer ultra marathon. And I, I got injured halfway through the run, and I ended up doing an IT band. It was my the glute muscle gave out, and I had to limp for the last 50 kilometers or 30 miles. And it was the coldest, most miserable. 
Oh, well, it took me 19, just under 19 hours to complete the, the run. Oh, my goodness. But when I completed it, I unlocked something in my brain about it destroyed limiting beliefs for me. And so I now believe that I can do anything. And I reckon you'd make a great candidate for an ultra runner. Have you ever thought about doing anything like that? Well, I've been doing 10Ks for lots of charities. Um, but 10K, to be honest with you, I am exhausted. I would need to put a lot more training into it. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I love doing some 10Ks because you're giving something back as well. And that's what an entrepreneur should do. You know, work hard, play hard, but every day you give something back. Um, but doing what you did, I doubt it. <laughs> well, I'm not saying no, but <laughs> I'm not sure if I would want to do it. If I wanted to do it, I would do it. But it doesn't really turn me on, to be honest. So... I don't think I'll do it. No, no I think it, it. I'll just stick to my 10K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing great things. And, and from, a, from that generosity point of view, Michelle, have you found that like the more that you've been giving, and it doesn't have to be money, because you mentor, I think at one point you referenced about 100 people that you're mentoring yeah. in the work that you're doing. So that giving back, do you find that that's magnified by a factor of more than what you're dishing out significantly? Yeah, I just, you know, I love to help out as many people as I possibly can. So I do my speaking events, which is like a, a separate business on its own. And then I'll do loads for charity in terms of, you know, mentoring for that as well. So I try to just mix it up as much as I can. But then I'm involved in, at the moment, just about over 15 businesses just now. So and my government job in the House of Lords. So it's, and then I've got, my kids, you know, and Doug and I love our time together. So um, it's, it's all about trying to do your best as you can every single day. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go. I'll tell you why. It's flown I'm by. Film- yeah, I'm filming a show, a TV show. It's on tomorrow. It's called Loose Women. It's a big show on ITV. So they've been pinging me saying, are you ready now? So it's we better a let you go. So thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting to you. And um, I wish you all the best as well in your career. You keep an eye out for me, Michelle. I'm coming. I want to be the greatest speaker on the world uh, and influence the most amount of people in, the positive, in a positive way. So I'm coming. Sure you- I'm coming. Thank you so much for your time today. You are an incredibly inspiring, amazing, generous woman. Ladies and gentlemen, Lady Michelle Monet. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire you'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience go to podcastingheroes.com it's p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g-h-e-r-o-e-s.com